Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Nope Too Creepy podcast. February is almost over, which means Valentine's Day has come and gone. To some, it was filled with romantic memories that will last a lifetime. And for others, it was a day that was more dreadful than 100 Halloweens combined. No matter which category you fall into, I hope you don't mind if we take it back to that big day. This month's episode will feature three stories of love gone wrong. This first story centers around a wife who begins acting odd, and her suspicious spouse who begins to fear the worst. Written by YouTuber Lighthouse Horror, I present, I Think My Wife Has Been Replaced. It started with small things. Inside jokes between us, I'd find her not remembering. Events from a few years ago she would get wrong, though not entirely. Her laugh was even different. Alana, remember when Strider fell into the lake? There was a pause, and then she laughed. He was so clumsy, she replied jokingly. But as I remembered back, she had been terrified when our German shepherd had haphazardly slid off the smooth rock and into the cool waters of Lake Erie in November. The tide had been higher than normal that evening, and he had just assumed he could venture out to his normal spot on the rocks. He was wrong. Running out ahead and staring back triumphantly, a small wave had pushed him just enough. He lost his balance and slid off the side into the waves, Strider had been unable to get back up himself due to just how wet and slippery the edge had been, and after a few terrified seconds, I managed to jump in and lift him back up onto the rocks myself. It had been four years ago, and my wife had been mad at me for what seemed like a month after. I told you the tide was higher today. He could have died, she had yelled holding back tears. That had been her reaction at the time. But now her response was much more lighthearted. I chalked it up to growing older. People change, right? Lana was no different. Maybe looking back, she was able to find humor in it. Still, I couldn't help but feel that my wife wasn't the same person. And though part of me didn't want to push the issue, I found the nagging thought of her being someone else entirely burrowing its way deeper into my mind. And things only got worse. A few weeks ago, the colors of her eyes changed from dark brown to a mix of silver and green. Waking up next to her that morning, I had nearly jumped back in bed when she opened them and smiled. They almost shined. Lana, your eyes, I said. 
What's wrong? She asked, standing up to examine herself in the antique vanity mirror. Oh, she laughed. That's just from the medication, Dom, she stated, falling back into bed and wrapping her arms tightly around me. I'm so glad I'm here with you, she continued. Hiding a sudden feeling of terror, I hugged her back and pretended everything was okay. But I don't think people's eye color just changes, ever, even due to medication. Over the next few weeks, I figured out something I wish I hadn't. The further back in time I referenced, the more sketchy her memory became. Now I know what you're thinking. That makes sense. I mean, everyone's memory is worse further back in time. Dementia and Alzheimer's came to mind. But I've read that typically those patients suffer from short-term memory loss first. Their long-term memory is intact, at least until the later stages. Last night, I confirmed my doubts, catching Lana in a lie about her stepfather. You think George would want the old pickup? I could sell it to him for cheap. A moment or two passed as she thought it over. Yeah, I think he might, she replied, smiling warmly and hugging me even tighter than before. I'm so glad I'm here with you, she said again. I unwrapped her hands and stood up quickly, my eyes never leaving hers. Your stepfather, George, has been dead since you were 12 years old, Lana. A moment passed, and she began to slowly laugh. So help me God, she laughed. I could only stare down in horror. <laughs> uh, I guess I knew you'd figure it out eventually, she said quietly before sighing. Dom, your wife Lana has been dead for seven months. Cuddling at night with your special person is truly a euphoric feeling. Unfortunately, sometimes it's not just the two of you sharing that bed. That lesson is learned the hard way in the next story written by Reddit user Dante DeSimon, titled, My girlfriend talks while she sleeps but doesn't answer. Three nights ago, she did. To be completely transparent, ever since I've known my girlfriend, she's talked in her sleep. It was always gibberish, and it always made me laugh when I was awake to hear it. She usually rambles and strings weird phrases together. I remember once she said that, quote, the dog watches TV too loudly. I asked her what she meant, and she just mumbled and turned around the other way, and that was the end of it. I have asked her if she knew about it, 
and she said yes, and that, according to her parents, she would have whole conversations in her sleep as she was growing up. But that became less frequent as she approached her teens. Again, all of this is adorable. Or, at least, it used to be, before three nights ago. It had been a particularly long day for the both of us. We were both swamped at work and decided to call it a night after watching an episode of The Mandalorian together. We both brushed our teeth, got into bed, turned off the lights, and knocked out almost immediately. This was at about 10.30pm. A few hours later, I felt a lot of shuffling on the bed. I figured it was our dog trying to get comfortable at the foot of our bed, so I didn't think anything of it and tried to go back to sleep. The shuffling continued. I turned and looked over my shoulder to see what was going on, and it was my girlfriend, kicking and shifting left to right. I sat up in bed after this to make sure she was okay. The conversation went as follows. Babe, are you okay? Shh. She's coming for me. What? Who? She's back. She won't leave me alone. Now, at this point, I'm only half sure she's sleep-talking, because for the first time, she's not only making sense, but she's actually answering me. Are you messing with me? I have to be quiet. She'll find me. Who's gonna find you, babe? Who are you talking about? You know who. You know her. She's coming. I started to get frustrated because I'm kinda spooked at this point. As I was about to ask her how I know this mystery woman and to quit dicking around, she stopped shifting and became quiet. Her breathing completely steadied, and it seemed as if she went to sleep again. I nudged her once, twice, three times, nothing, no response. She was in a deep sleep. I shook her shoulder, admittedly harder than I wanted to, but I was annoyed at this point because I was sure she was 100% messing with me. She woke up and yelled at me, asking why I woke her up. Why were you saying that shit to me? What the fuck are you talking about? It's 2.30 in the morning. You were talking to me just now. No, I wasn't. I was sleeping. And you woke me up. Now please, let me sleep. So you weren't messing with me just now? No, man. Now let me sleep. At this point, trying to explain to her what the hell just happened was useless. She was pissed off that I woke her up and she wasn't going to listen to me ramble about her sleep-talking. I chalked it up to some weird moment 
and tried to go back to sleep. But no matter how hard I tried to rest, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was weird about that conversation. Something felt off. I stayed up another hour thinking about it until my eyes were so heavy and I couldn't fight it any longer. I felt myself drifting off as my weighted eyelids slowly shut. Just as I was in the pocket between lucidity and slumber, instead of being woken by my all-too-often-feels-like-I'm-falling sensation, I felt something close to my ear. So close I could almost feel their lips move. If you ever wake her up again, I'll kill her. I didn't sleep after that. The next morning, I was exhausted. I asked my girlfriend if she remembered saying anything last night, and she only got upset when I brought it up, saying that the only thing she remembered was being jerked awake. I tried to tell her what she said, but all she told me was she never remembers when she sleep talks and I'm making a big deal out of nothing. I can't sleep in the same bed with her anymore. I've ridden the couch for the last two nights, claiming I fell asleep while watching movies. I'm too scared to sleep next to her, and I don't know what I'm going to do tonight if she talks to me again. Am I being overdramatic here? I really don't feel like I am. Someone. Help. With the advancement of the internet and social media, I imagine all of us have had some kind of experience with stalking. Whether we were the victim, or the stalker, or both, the concept is not exactly foreign to our culture nowadays. While the term gets thrown around loosely, using it to describe people browsing another person's Instagram feed, we can't forget what a horrific pastime it could really be. Written by Reddit user The Oboe Man, and simply titled Happy Valentine's Day, this next story does the job of reminding us of that. Enjoy. I got a text when I woke up this morning. Happy Valentine's Day. The only problem is I'm single. The text didn't come from anyone I know. My mother had sent me one too, but this one was from a restricted number. I didn't think much of it though. Perhaps someone sent it to the wrong number by mistake. I ignored it went through my normal routine, got dressed, brushed my teeth, grabbed my work computer, and headed out the door. I turned on my car. I can't wait to see you today. I tried texting back. You have the wrong number, sorry. But all I got was an error message. Number unknown. I should have expected it. 
my phone couldn't have had the correct number since it was restricted. I drove down to the train station and parked like normal, hopped onto the train heading downtown to my office. The ride was uneventful. One lady was crying behind me. She said something about, no one loves me, I want to die, hate Valentine's Day. I didn't pay much attention. People on the train were crazy. I got something special for you. I felt really bad for whoever this was. They either got a wrong number from someone without the heart to tell them to their face, or they mistook one number in their phone for another. I couldn't respond, still, since the number was still restricted. I walked through the front doors of my office, found my cubicle, and got to work. I'm usually the first person here, so I watched the crowd as they shuffled in each morning. Bob, Joe, Alice, Miranda, some girl with black hair, Tim. Wait, who was that new girl? I decided to go ask Bob, one of my closest work buddies. Hey, Bob, who is that new girl? That one with the black hair. Oh, that's Carrie. She started on Monday. Sweet girl. You weren't introduced? No, I was sick Monday. She wasn't here yesterday, though. Hmm. I thought she was. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. Let me introduce you. When Bob introduced me to Carrie, she looked up, smiled at me, and said, Happy Valentine's Day. It wasn't cordial. It wasn't cold. It was odd. I couldn't put my finger on it. But something about the way she said it just creeped me out. That's all she said, too. Happy Valentine's Day. Then she looked back at her screen and started typing, like we weren't even there. When I got back from lunch, there was a heart box of candies on my desk with a note. I told you I had something special for you, winky face. Weird. That's what those text messages had said earlier. I decided to take the rest of the day off. When I got home, there they were, on the counter. I could have sworn I'd thrown them away on my way out of the office. I quickly took them down to the dumpster and disposed of them. Did you get my present, sad face? I ran inside, checked all over my house and locked all the doors and windows. I called my mother to let her know what was going on. Are all the windows and doors locked? My mother asked. Yeah. Okay, honey, just take a bath and try to relax. I'm calling the cops now. Keep your phone with you. I took her advice. My mom always knew what was best. The bath did help me relax, 
until every muscle in my body tensed. I picked up the phone off of the floor quietly, unlocking it, preparing for the message from the unknown caller I knew I'd find. Honey, I'm here. I see you ate the chocolates. Come give me a Valentine's Day kiss. XOXOXO. Slowly and careful not to make a sound, I got out of the bath. I peeked through the door into my living room. It was Carrie on my couch. Her head turned in my direction immediately, like a soldier snapping to attention. She looked directly at me through the crack in the door. Happy Valentine's Day, she smiled wickedly. Was that... was that a knife in her hand? I got you the chocolates, but all I want in return is your heart, babe. I screamed, slammed the door, and locked it tight. I know she's standing right on the other side of it. How do I know? Because I can hear her whispering over and over again. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for joining me in this episode of the Nope Too Creepy podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to this belated Valentine's Day episode. If you're interested in learning more about any of the three authors, links to connect with them can be found in the show notes. Just remember, no stalking. Until next time, this is Dan David, reminding you all to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Nope.